A distraught family comes into your office and they had a recent diagnosis in the family of Alzheimer's. What treatment options are available to them? Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Rick U Podcast. Today's research article comes from the field of neurology. Uh, today we're going to be discussing Alzheimer's. The article is titled Donanumab, an Early Alzheimer's Disease, printed in the New England Journal of Medicine on March 13th, 2021. Jack and Daniel, how are you guys doing today? Fantastic. All right, so uh, should we just dive into this article or what? Dive in. Tell us a little bit about Alzheimer's. Okay, so we know that the two uh, proteins implicated in Alzheimer's disease is the amyloid plaque and the hyperphosphorylated tau protein. Uh, a hallmark of early onset Alzheimer's disease is this buildup of the amyloid plaque. And then later on comes this hyperphosphorylated tau protein. Um, a role of the amyloid plaques in disease progression is supported by studies of these uncommon genetic variants that will either increase or decrease the beta uh, amyloid deposition. So the presence of these amyloid plaques early in the disease will increase the likelihood of progression from mild cognitive impairment to dementia. And I think we know like the MMSE um, cognitive score that rates uh, mild uh, dementia, more severe dementia, out of that, you know, one to 30 score. Uh, there are some treatments that are used uh, for symptomatic relief. Uh, the two treatments that I think most of us are familiar with um, is the cholinesterase inhibitors like donepezil and rivastigmine and galantamine, uh, which increase the cholinergic transmission um, in, the, in, in the brain. And also memantine, which is an MD, NMDA receptor antagonist. And basically the way that that works is glutamate, which is an excitatory neurotransmitter in the brain, is overstimulated, uh, causing uh, damage to the neurons. So this NMDA receptor antagonist, memantine, um, sort of blocks that excitation and is neuroprotective. So I'm so interested in this article because what is this research going to tell us about treatment for Alzheimer's? Daniel, is there an actual cure here or what? I'm not going to say cure yet. I, th I think they're only on the phase two trial as of now. But this is actually a fascinating drug called donanumab. 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 Okay, sorry. Um, anyway, this drug is fascinating because it works to get rid of the A-beta amyloid uh, that ends up building up in the brain, which is part of the reason for the progression of Alzheimer's disease, and it causes most of its bad effects also. And what this does is that there's an antibody that attacks it, and then it basically coats it, and then it can be carried away in the blood, and it goes to the spleen, and I'm sure you guys all know the rest from there. But basically, it gets rid of the plaques, which is a genius idea of how to deal with this. Wow, so it's a monoclonal antibody. Whenever you're dealing with monoclonal antibodies, you know you're dealing with big guns. Oh, yes. Oh, so yes. it's attacking the plaques here. Yeah. Wow, genius. So it's an IgG specifically, and it's directed at the amyloid beta epitope that is, uh, that is present only on the plaque. So it's not, it's not going to attack anything else in the brain. They figured out how to target the pathological without proteins. anything else, right? So they found a very, very specific site that is just on the amyloid and it's found nowhere else in the brain. So is this uh, antibody 
from animals? So, like, you get all these uh, animal issues as well? Um, so this actually comes from mice, along with most of our antibodies. Oh, I thought it was uh, humanized. <laughs> well, it was originally came... Well, the idea came from a mouse. I apologize. Uh, the mouse thought of this? <laughs> the mouse, yeah. <laughs> a very smart mouse. Um, because this isn't the first time that they tried something like this. Uh, they tried it from some mouse proteins, um, but none of those worked because it actually showed to increase the risk of bleeding in the brain. Um, but this is the very first one that the risk doesn't seem to be statistically significant. So, uh, Jack, just to clarify, um, when we were talking before, just like seven seconds ago, um, you're right, it's not really from a mouse, but it actually really is. Let me explain. Um, they did take it from a mouse, so it does have some mouse proteins inside it, but it was fixed up in a way where it doesn't give you serum sickness. So it's a humanized chimeric right, so antibody, they, basically. So they optimized the mouse antibody to make it fit yes. better. Yes, so I'm not so sure what you want to call it. I'm not sure if it's a mouse. It's from it's, it's humanized. From a mouse. I think it's, it's humanized. humanized. Yeah. All right. Okay, so they had a phase 1A trial and a phase 1B trial. So the phase 1A trial was just, was just to make sure that it, it was safe, um, and they were checking the pharmacokinetics and the dynamics, and everything seemed to be fine after the first couple of doses, which made them move on to phase 1B, which was basically just to see if it actually did anything. So what they did was is that they put a radio tracer in, um, and they basically traced it with a PET, with a PET scan. And after one single dose, they saw that the uptake in the amyloid plaques was significant, which made them move on to the phase two trials, which is just to make sure that it works um, to help patient outcome in Alzheimer's. So, Jack, this is our favorite time of the day. Could you please just, like, spit out some facts now? Sure. So, um, as you were saying, right, so the 1B trial showed that it reduced the amyloid plaque level after one dose. So now this phase two trial is making it a longer, uh, longer, and it's going to give it as full dosages and everything. So they did a uh, multi-center randomized double blind placebo controlled phase two trial. And they did it with um, patients with early symptomatic Alzheimer's disease who had this tau and amyloid deposition found on PET scan. And so these patients were assigned in a ratio of one to one to receive the medication denanumab and it was 700 milligrams for the first three dosages and 1400 milligrams afterwards. So they loaded them up in the beginning and then they had a maintenance dose or they have a placebo. And this was IV every four weeks for up to 72 weeks. So it was four uh, medications every month for 72 weeks. So it's a fairly long trial. The primary outcome, what they were trying to find, was this change of baseline in the integrated Alzheimer's disease rating scale. So this is another scale. And so um, this scale, it ranges from 0 to 144. And the lower the score means that you have greater cognitive and functional impairment. So the lower the score, the worse it is uh, from 0 to 144. Uh, this scale has been used before, and it's been validated, and in the, in the, in the statistical properties have been shown to be um, accurate. And it was used in other trials. So that's why they use this scale that has been shown to work. So... What were some of the results? That's how the uh, phase two trial was broken down. So there was a total of 257 patients, uh, 131 of them received the medication and 126 received the placebo. The baseline 
ADRS, the scale that I was talking about, the baseline score for both groups was 106. So that's very good. And so the change from the baseline at 76 weeks was minus 6.6 with the Dunanimab group versus minus 10.06 with the placebo group and with a p-score of 0.04. Okay, so they started at a cognitive level of 102. Six, 106. 106. Yeah. And now you would expect that level to decline over time. In yes. A, in a normal Alzheimer's patient. Yeah. So now 72 weeks later, they came back and they said, okay, the, the patients in the, uh, in the treatment group and the patients in the placebo group, who, they're comparing the, the cognitive decline and who declined less than... Yeah, so there was so what they found was there was a difference of three point two points in that scale between the treatment group and the placebo group. So the treatment group had three point two points higher than the placebo. So the placebo declined by ten, and the other people declined by six point something. Slower decline in the treatment group, mm-hmm. and it's statistically significant. Yep, it's a point zero four. And so also at seventy six weeks, they found reductions in the amyloid plaque level. And the global tau load was 85 centiloids greater in the treatment group than in the placebo group. That's just a measurement of the plaque level. And the, and the I, got, I was about to ask what a centiloid yeah. was. <laughs> so um, they found that there was the, the level was uh, was decreased by 85.06. So um, again, the, the proteins actually these pathological proteins actually. Uh, diminished as well. Exactly. So you see that the proteins decreased, and and then you had the clinical effects with that scale. So you see that um, not only did the proteins go down, but it had actual clinical significance. Wow. Are, are there any side effects that we should know about? Yeah. So um, they did. They did have side effects. So there was no significant side effect between the uh, with incidence of death or serious adverse events, but they did find that in the treatment group. They had um, amyloid-related imaging abnormalities of edema or effusion. Now, this is normally... So, basically, you're going to see some edema on these PET scans. And so, this is not um, as serious. Like, not everybody's symptomatic. The people that that did have serious uh, symptoms that led to hospitalization were two, were two participants out of the 130-something in that group. And um, the edema and the associated symptoms resolved in both participants uh, in their stay in the hospital. So... It was it was, didn't have any long term side effects or anything like that. So they basically saw that most people had asymptomatic edema. Two people had some serious side effects that were both resolved. Oh well. Um, so just to cap up, just just to make sure that I got it all, um, because a lot of people you know aren't just like straight facts guy and they probably just spaced out. So for those of you if you're like me, um, let me just see if I got this straight. So there was a randomized phase two trial. And it basically showed that for symptomatic Alzheimer's disease, um, you could treat with denanumab, and it would basically just slow down the, the, the decline. It doesn't treat it. It just slows it down from getting worse. It, it does remove the, the plaque also. It doesn't remove the amyloid beta uh, protein as well. Right, but this is not like a cure, meaning it's just slowing down the decline. Yes, but this is different because there's an implication here. If Once you're removing plaque, there's a potential to figure out a way to remove all the plaque. And once you're removing all the plaque, that is a potential cure. We might be far right, out, right. But, but we're going down that road. Yeah, it's not It's not like the other um, cholinergics where they're just treating some of the symptoms. Uh-huh. So basically, you guys are saying that uh, we just need more trials on this stuff. And 
Absolutely. Maybe yeah. a phase modify three trial, it a little they bit. have to compare with the gold standard and everything like that. But this does seem to be some promising news. It's groundbreaking. Wow. Wow. So, Gabe, could you give us a tip? Uh, oh, the attend- are we ready for the attending tip already? I think so. Okay, but first of all, before we get to the attending tip, I'll just give you uh, my tip, um, a mnemonic tip. How are you going to remember this word, donatamab? So, you already know for Alzheimer's, you give donepazil. Um, so, donepazil, donatamab. It's similar, so that's how you can remember this drug. Okay. What atten- if you forget donepazil? Go watch the sketchy again. Okay, attending tip time. You're, uh, you're doing your neurology rotation and uh, you're having a discussion with the attending about uh, your new Alzheimer's patient and you're discussing current treatments and your attending asks you, hey, what do you, is there anything out there? Uh, what, is there anything out there except uh, you know, symptomatic treatment for these, for these Alzheimer's patients? And you'll say, well, actually, doctor, as a matter of fact, there is a recent um, uh, journal article in the New England Journal of Medicine discussing this very question of yours. And they are in the middle of a phase two trial uh, for a monoclonal antibody, uh, donanumab. Don, well, you need to work on that. <laughs> yeah, uh, donanumab for, for that is targeting the plaque in Alzheimer's patients. And the attending will undoubtedly be impressed with your knowledge of this topic. Yeah, I really do think that the future of medicine is targeted therapy. I think that this is uh, one step closer. And as we see, there's a, there's more and more um, targeted you antibody therapy for COVID. They have a lot of them. For oncology, they have a lot of them. So yeah, I really do think this is the future of medicine. So this is a really cool uh, article. Love, that, love this article. Yeah, it was a little complicated. If you want to go read the article in the New England Journal of Medicine, uh, printed March 13th, I encourage you to. Uh, it's pretty uh, heavy, but it's certainly worth your time. All right. Daniel, you want to give us some pondering questions? I have been waiting for this day the entire week. So my question to you is as follows. Someone comes in after an MVA and they have a lacerated spleen. There's blood everywhere and their blood pressure is 60 over 40. What's the very first thing you do, Gabe? Two large bore IVs. Okay. What do you put in those things? Uh, I would do LR. Okay. You're a surgeon. Okay, fine. So basically you have fluid coming in to try to replace the blood that you're missing. Yeah, and of course, now hemorrhagic control. Hemorrhagic control. So now the pressure is going to go up. But you're replacing the blood with fluid. Fluid, to my knowledge, water doesn't carry oxygen. You could correct me if I'm wrong. I would and be the typing whole point in, of blood. Type in cross also and get uh, red packed uh, cells going. But before you get that, you're filling them up with water. What's the water going to do for you? It's just increasing your blood pressure to increase the circulation of of the few red blood cells that are there, you're not even increasing circulation. There's enough RBC still there. I mean, you didn't lose all your RBCs. But you're filling it up with water. What's the point? To increase pressure, to increase velocity, to get the... Gabe, Gabe, this is a pondering question. You're not supposed to give me answers. All right, I'll email you. (laughs) (laughs) At therickyouteam at gmail.com. And if you have any complaints... Email yourself. The mirror. The mirror. Have a great day, everybody.